the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into hour two of our uh, three-hour Earth Day edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Coming up in uh, just a few minutes, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Purva Jashapura. She is Senior Vice President of International Affairs for the PETA Foundation in the UK, but we have a few minutes, so we're going to squeeze in uh, a little music from... Uh, from our own uh, Stephanie, based uh, right here in good old Flint. Um, whenever I have an extra few minutes, I try to squeeze in a little local music if I can. So, Stephanie, up next. Yeah. 
can go so well So why should I try to resist When darling I know so well I've got you under mask Sacrifice anything come what might for the sake of having near in spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats and repeats in my heat. Don't you know? Well, I got you. 
The Tom Sumner Program.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is Senior Vice President of International Affairs for the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA Foundation, in the U.K. Her name is uh, Purva Jashapura, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Purva. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Happy Earth Day. And, you know, speaking of Earth Day, now you... Typically, people tell us to avoid eating animals for health reasons, um, as as you do in your book, For a Moment of Taste, How What You Eat Impacts Animals. Um, but there's an environmental impact to what we're farming and eating, isn't there? Absolutely, massively. Um, you know, in fact, so much so that researchers at the University of Oxford say that cutting out meat and dairy products can reduce an individual's carbon footprint from food by up to 73%, making it conceivably the single biggest way to reduce your impact on the planet. And this is hugely important because we're already seeing the effects of climate change in the U.S. and around the world in the form of heat waves, droughts, rising sea levels, wildfires, extreme temperatures. And according to the U.N., meat, egg, and dairy production is responsible for about 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions, which, by some estimates, is greater than the world's transportation systems combined, so more than cars, trucks, airplanes, trains combined. You know, it's really tough. Simply by going vegan, we can make a huge, huge uh, benefit for the planet. There are um, so many people that are encouraging me to <laughs> to embrace a plant-based diet, from doctors to climate change activists to, uh, you know, even uh, uh, animal um, activists as well. But I have such a tough time with that. I, you know, I'm from the Midwest in the U.S., and it, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's all about bacon and eggs and steak and potatoes, and it just seems hard for me to imagine or to get myself uh, to a point where I can enjoy a meal that doesn't have meat and potatoes. Hey, well, guess what, Tom? You can still have bacon and eggs and meat and potatoes, because um, there's so many delicious, high-quality vegan meats available out there on the market today. Um, and that's where you are. It's, it's, you know, all around the United States. You can, you can even get vegan options these, these days just about anywhere you go, whether it's Baskin-Robbins or Carl's Jr., Del Taco, Starbucks. Um, and these... You know, it's not the same as what it was 20 years ago. I mean, today, these vegan meats, the vegan eggs, the vegan cheeses, um, the vegan milks, they're so delicious. You won't even miss the milk. Uh, you won't even miss miss the animal products. And 
you'll be having it without all of the, the saturated fat and the cholesterol that comes with eating the animal-derived foods. So you'll love it. And you, don't, you wouldn't even have to sacrifice any bit of the taste. And, and what, what, makes, what makes the difference? Because I'm, I'm still operating from that 20-year-old that notion that if it's artificial, it's bad. Yeah. Well, it's not artificial. They're made out of plants. You know, uh, they're made out of plants, and, and you have uh, people working on those plants to, to get them to, to be a similar texture and, and the taste to, to meat. For, for, those of you, for those people like you who, who would like that taste and texture, of course, there's an abundance of plants, uh, vegetables, fruits, that anyone can have in their diet. And the reason why this transition it's so important is because um, heart disease and cancer are the leading causes of death in the U.S., and the effects of eating meat are comparable to smoking in that they are both linked to certain cancers, heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, other ailments. You know, doctors now warn that the fat and cholesterol found in eggs can harm heart health and lead to certain cancers and diabetes. And the dairy products are the top source of saturated fat in the American diet, also contributing to heart disease, type 2 diabetes, other ailments. So by making a simple transition um, to, to vegan meats, vegan cheeses, and vegan foods, we can save ourselves a whole lot of suffering. And we're there for you. We're there for you, Tom, and we're there for anybody else who's interested because there's a huge amount of resources on PETA.org for anyone interested in what kind of food choices they can make. There's tons of recipes. And we have a vegan starter kit to help people transition oh, really? uh, to eating vegan. Yes, you can, it's for free. Anybody can log on to PETA.org and order one. Interesting. I, I'm gonna, I, I really am going to check that out because I, I remember... When people were saying um, that that turkey was healthier than pork products, so they started making turkey bacon, and I remember trying it and thinking, you know, this isn't bacon, and and, and having uh, turkey burgers and thinking this isn't a hamburger. Um, but what you're saying is they've gotten better at putting those things, oh. those substitutes together. And I, I don't mean you, you have so to use turkey better. to do it, but... No, and, and, and so much better. So much so that people are, are rushing out there to, to buy these products. In fact, to the global plant-based meat, product, meat, market, uh, meat market industry is doing so well that even meat companies are getting in on the action. You have Tyson Foods, Smithfield, Hormel. They've all come out with their own plant-based meat. More with Purva Jashapura from the PETA Foundation UK, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. 
All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with Purva Jashapura from the PETA Foundation UK, straight ahead. Aside from the health benefits of moving to a plant-based diet, um, what are the, the 
planet Earth implications on on climate change, and um, what is it about why if we change from say beef to a plant based mm-hmm. diet, how are we not potentially harming the planet by having to make and and grow that much more plant based food? Well, the thing is, um, it takes far more resources to channel huge amounts of plants and water through animals and to clear the land to rear those animals and the crops to feed them than it does to eat the plants direct. And Uh, um, especially when you're talking about beef, cattle used and killed for meat and leather are responsible for about 80% of the deforestation in the Amazon region, and that's for the animals themselves and the crops to feed them. This is extremely significant for people around the world because the Amazon produces about 20% of the world's oxygen. And when I talk about the huge amounts of resources used, I mean that animals raised and killed for food are first in line for the water and food that we need because the meat, egg, and dairy industries use one-third of the world's freshwater resources and one-third of the global cropland for feed. And this is while water scarcity is affecting every continent, and over 2 billion people live in countries experiencing high levels of water shortages, and more than 690 million people still go hungry. You know, that's why uh, the Oxford Martin researchers have uh, have found, they looked at, you know, what are the benefits of eating vegan from all the different ways that they could look at it. And they found that vegan diets could save 8.1 million lives by 2050, reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 70%, lead to healthcare-related savings up to $1,000 billion per year, and avoid climate-related damages of $1.5 trillion. So the, the, the benefits are tremendous. And, you know, the the title of my book is For a Moment of Taste. And it really is, you know, what happens, you know, what happens to the planet, what happens to animals, what happens to our own health, for what is, after all, just a fleeting moment of taste. And as we discussed, you don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice on the taste either. Well, that's, that's interesting. Um, would you recommend and and have you adopted for yourself um, a an absolute no animal diet or will it still be okay for people in the U.S. to eat turkey on Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't eat any I don't eat any animals, and I haven't done for about oh um, several decades now, um, and I've experienced. A, a change in my own health. You know, for example, when I stopped having dairy foods, um, I I used to have terrible stomach aches, and uh, you know, sometimes when I'd get a cold, I, I couldn't stop coughing. That all completely went away, and it must have been because I was lactose intolerant without even knowing it. In fact, most people in the world are. And, you know, when we talk about the animals, we know so much more about the animals today than we did yesterday. So much more that, you know, it becomes our uh, 
responsibility to respond to what we now know. For example, we know that fish are intelligent, that they feel pain. There's hundreds of scientific papers now saying this, that they are smart, they can use tools, they have impressive long-term memories, that chickens are uh, so smart that their cognitive abilities are in some ways comparable to those of cats, dogs, and, and primates, that pigs are social animals, they're smarter than dogs, they dream, they can even play, they can even be taught to play video games, that cows are, are wonderful mothers who really grieve their babies when they're taken away from them uh, at, at dairy farms. And turkeys are such lovely animals. I went to a sanctuary in Washington, D.C. some years ago, and there was a, a turkey there by the name of Alice. She's since passed away. But she was saved from, uh, you know, she would have been somebody's meal. She was somehow rescued and ended up at the sanctuary. And she was so curious. She came right up to me. She loved to be petted, you know, just like a dog. And she purred. She purred. So turkeys, when they're happy, when they're content, they purr. They have personalities. Um, and, and they don't want to be eaten. And there's so much more to them than, than what we used to know. Um, and so that's one of the, the reasons that so many people are, are opting not to put them on their plates anymore. Are there, um, are, are there purposes that animals serve other than being part of a, a food chain? Oh, well, you know, uh, PETA's motto is that animals are not ours to experiment on, eat, use for entertainment, or to wear. And what we're finding now more and more when we look at all the different ways that animals are used uh, for human desires is that the well-being of animals and our own well-being is so interconnected. And we can't get away with harming animals without actually harming ourselves. So take, for example, the fashion industry. Um, there's a very highly reputed report called the Pulse of the Fashion Industry Report, and it concluded that cow leather is the most polluting material in fashion, while silk and wool are among the, the five most environmentally damaging materials and a lot of the leather sold in the U.S., it's tanned in places like Bangladesh where there are less, uh, less restrictions when it comes to human rights and when it comes to uh, environmental norms. And to keep the skins from rotting, these leather tanneries there, they treat it with toxic chemicals that pollute the air and the waterways. Now, people who work in or live near the tanneries there they have high rates of skin disease, respiratory disorders, cancer, and 90% of them die before the age of 50. So if we care, you know, it, it, it's, if, we, it's, if we care about people, we shouldn't harm, uh, you know, we shouldn't use animals for, for leather or for fashion. If we care about people, we shouldn't, yeah, use animals for food because of the climate change effects and, and that sort of thing. So 
it's not something that we can see in, in a vacuum, kind of on its own. It's, we're all interconnected in, into this together. Porva, which came first, PETA or Porva the, the vegan? Well, I would have to say PETA. And the reason why is because I started following PETA as a teenager, um, you know, way before I ever started working for them. And a friend of mine in in high school introduced me to them because we had uh, gone to the mall and sat down in the food court, and uh, she got something vegetarian, and I got a chicken sandwich from McDonald's, and she said, you know, are you really going to eat that? And, you know, <laughs> we started talking about it, and she she introduced me to, um, to PETA literature where I learned, you know, I learned that you know, most of the animals in the U.S. are factory farmed. In fact, today, 99% of them are. And that how on these farms, these animals who want to live just as much as you or I do, you know, the chickens are kept in cages so small they can't spread a wing, that they're the ones used for meat are forced to grow so fast that they often have heart failure, and that the male calves, unwanted by the dairy industry, are confined to narrow crates for veal, uh, that pregnant pigs are kept in metal cages so small they can't even turn around. I didn't even, I didn't know all, any of that. And so definitely it was PETA and PETA's literature that opened my eyes and uh, has opened the eyes of, of many in a similar way. How, how was the transition for you from McDonald's chicken sandwiches to a vegan diet? You know, um, it only takes, I would say, I would say it takes about a month to to make, to, to set into a new habit. Um, some people, they just decide one day that they're not going to eat animals, and other people, they, they do it a little bit over a period of time. But in about a month, you really stop thinking about it, because what starts to happen is, Every time you, you reach out for that chicken burger or every time um, you, you decide you want some eggs, you think about that chicken in a cage so small she can't even turn around. You know, you think about that, uh, you know, poor pig who has lived her entire life in, in misery um, uh, just so that you can have, you know, bacon on your plate, that kind of thing. And, and over time you want nothing to do with that. And so the transition becomes easier. And then once you do, you really don't miss it. I'm not sitting here thinking, gosh, how much I, I miss this stuff. Rather, <laughs> I'm thinking about, wow, what, um, what huge varieties of plants there are, fruits. In fact, when we eat meat, we actually just eat the same thing again and again. In a way, we eat the chicken and we eat the fish and we eat the beef and we eat the pork. But when you start exploring how many plants and fruits there are, there's actually so many more vegan options than there ever could be of meat options. And so it's, you know, you get into this world of exploring all the wonderful uh, vegan foods you can have, and there's so many recipes all over the internet and also on PETA.org that people can explore. How did you end up going to work for PETA? How did that happen for you? Well, it's interesting. The same friend who I mentioned um, 
he first started working for PETA, we both used to volunteer for PETA, um, you know, after we started reading their literature and getting more involved. And she started working for PETA and then said, well, you know what? Why don't you come and work for PETA? <laughs> and, and I did. And uh, that was 21 years ago. So I've been with PETA for a very, very long time. And it's, it's been a wonderful experience to spend every single day um, helping and, and doing something for, uh, for these animals who are otherwise suffering so much. Aside from, you know, just, just personal taste and, and habits, you know, the things that we normally do, ham for Easter, turkey for Thanksgiving, you know, if you're lucky, prime rib for Christmas. Uh, but uh, aside from those things, if we start looking at alternative um, foods, uh, plant-based foods especially, and and some of these things that are um, man-made to mimic these foods that we're used to having, what? How do you? How do you put people's minds at ease about the potential for harmful chemicals and things in the processes involved in in making these things taste like other things, um, and and assure them that they're not trading something that was bad for them for something that may be as bad or worse. Well, um, do you know I what I mean by that? I didn't really, ask it very well. Yeah, I, I, oh no, I, I do absolutely know what you mean. I think that there's um, a lot of uh, myths surrounding uh, vegan meats and, and, and vegan foods in, in terms of that kind of thing. But the reality is that it's the meat that has the chemicals and, and the drugs and so on because um, worldwide, it's estimated that about 73% of all antibiotics are used in farmed animals, not people. And so much so is this overuse of antibiotics that it's leading to antibiotic resistance. That is when antibiotics we need become less effective. And in fact, more than 35,000 people die in the U.S. as a result of antibiotic-resistant infections. Um, you know, and, and the reason for the use of these drugs and, and these chemicals in animals used for meat is because they are kept in severely crowded systems, in small cages, small crates, up to thousands of animals sitting in their own waste, and so they're pumped full of this stuff in order to prevent them from becoming sick. Um, and they're also, uh, a lot of times these drugs are used for extremely fast growth. So uh, a chicken, um, it, you know, in the past, a chicken would take much longer than just six months to get to uh, you know, a, a larger size. But these days, they're, they're made to grow so fast 
that their bodies cannot even keep up with that fast growth. That's why they have heart failure oftentimes. That's why their bones, their legs give out from under them. So a lot of that misinformation is kind of, I think, fed to the public through the meat industry itself. But the reality is that it's really the, if you're worried about that kind of thing, you really need to be worried about uh, the meat industry. How do do you talk to people who deny that that climate change is, is even real? Well, I I think that the best way to address that is the fact that we're seeing the effects of climate change. Um, you know, and it's not one of these things that whether you believe it or whether you don't believe it, that that's a fact. Um, you know, we we're facing, you know, wildfires in California these days. California has seen the double the number of dry, warm, windy autumn days, which is perfect wildfire weather since the 1980s. And in other parts of the world, too, scientists are warning that without a flow of climate change, we can expect more wildfires. We've seen wildfires in the Amazon. We've seen wildfires in Australia. Um, And um, we have researchers who, who are telling us that, we we have the power to change this. We, you know, we this it doesn't have to be this way. Um, you know, climate change is expected to cost the world economy nearly eight trillion by by twenty fifty. But we can change that by switching to a vegan diet. And if we all do, then we can reduce greenhouse gas emissions by by seventy percent. We can we can affect the change. That, that we want to see. And, you know, why not just give it a shot? You know, what if the climate researchers are right? What if the environmentalists are right? Don't you want to see a world with cleaner air, um, you know, more resources, uh, and a more stable climate for your children and their grandchildren? Yeah, I just think that a lot of people have become very cynical about um, elected officials and agencies and and even, you know, the the scientific researchers and, and various foundations like the PETA Foundation in the UK. Um, it's it, it just seems hard to, to get people to just simply admit that even even if the idea of climate change was not true or that it was somehow cyclical and it was going to go back to normal on its own, um, I, I think the, the case you're making is why not be healthier anyway? Right, absolutely, because it's, it, you know, if we, if we decide to eat vegan or eat more vegan food, we... Climate change aside, we're saving animals' lives. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? Um, Climate change aside, you have doctors now telling us that eating vegan is a powerful tool for uh, managing some of America's most aggressive ailments. You know, uh, 
there was, it, well, in a study, um, a, a vegan diet controlled blood sugar three times more effectively than a traditional diabetes diet. And in some cases, there was no sign of the person having had diabetes. And I had the pleasure of going on a speaking tour with Dr. Caldwell Esselstein. He is from the Cleveland, Cleveland Clinic, and he is famous for having reversed heart disease in many patients through the power of plants. So people, you know, PETA or, you know, the, the elected officials, we are not your only source for information. You'll find this stuff out there. There's tons and tons of studies who are now uh, pointing to exactly what I mentioned that the, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics said they're the largest organization of food and nutrition professionals in the U.S., which is that vegans are at reduced risk of health conditions like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, cancers, obesity. Burying our heads in the sand only has a negative effect on us. Um, so I would invite people to, uh, apart from going to the PETA website, there's another wonderful resource, especially for health information, uh, from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. All of the information on their website and in their papers is referenced. You can see where all of the facts come from. So if you're interested in this from a health perspective, go to their website. It's pcrm.org. And, and have a look and, and judge for yourself. Well, my guest is Purva Jashapura. Um, and she is the uh, Senior Vice President of International Affairs for the PETA Foundation UK. Uh, Purva, you picked the perfect time to mention those resources because uh, we're almost out of time, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out <laughs> more about what we've been talking about. But let's uh, at, at least end on um, sharing the uh, PETA website. Sure. It's PETA.org. Excellent. Well, Purva, Purva, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Tom. Take care. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner Bye. program straight ahead. Old Fashioned Radio for a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. 
This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Here's to the mortgage, in fact, here's to suburbia. Lay down your briefcase far from the rat race where nothing can disturb ya. Uncomplicated, it's what we waited for so long in this city. Come, let us go there, live like Thoreau there, a life of sweet simplicity. Did you set the thermostat? No, I don't know where it's at. Tuesday the Cub Scouts meet again. Walk the dog and cut the grass. Take the kids to dancing class. Jim's Little League got beat again. Can't keep a maid here no matter. The place has bad publicity. Why did we move here? Don't you remember to, to live, live in sweet simplicity? Here's to Mosquitoes, Clam Dip and Fritos, to golf and bridge and scuba there. Men wearing knee pants, women in capri pants, discussing what's with Cuba there. Each big appliance treats you with defiance until it finally falls apart. Call the repairman, in a week he's there, man, to knock your kitchen walls apart. Tommy's got a bloody nose, gotta fix the garden hose. Book of the month club came today. Didn't read the last one yet. Yes, you did, but you forget. Oh, well, they're all the same today. Here's Mrs. Ritter, she's the babysitter. Tonight. Going joyously Back to the city Where life is gay and witty Back to the noise there That everyone enjoys there Back to the crush there Hurry, let us rush there Back to the rat race Don't forget your briefcase Back in the groove there Say, why don't we move there Away, away from, from all of this Sweet simplest this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. A circle in a 
spiral like a wheel within the wheel never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon like a carousel is turning and running rings around the moon like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of space and the world is like an apple Just hanging in 
spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On a never spinning reel As the images unwind Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind Yeah, yeah La, 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 la La, 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 la Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 